Matthew writes, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answering him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, it's a known fact that water can make dirty things clean. But it can also make clean things dirty as well. Take, for example, floodwaters, which all of us can probably recall seeing this last year in places near to us along the Yellowstone River and places like Livingston and Red Lodge. Floodwaters, they can cause damage and leave such havoc behind. The silt and mud sticks to the ground and makes walking through it treacherous. Running flood water, it digs away at foundations, fences. It tears away bridges and roads, leaving holes and large ravines. It seems that anything that's touched by flood water, well, it's usually ruined. But the irony is this. What do we often use to clean up after a mess left by water? Well, we use more water. We use water to wash away all this silt and mud. We use water to wash our muddy clothes and cars and our property. So water, it can bring mess and Muck, yes, but water can also be used for cleansing. And in our text today, which happens in the wilderness alongside the River Jordan, John the Baptist was using water to clean God's people. In fact, to baptize means to wash or to purify something. But instead of sitting there in his camel hair dinner jacket, doing everyone's dishes and their dirty laundry, he was washing and purifying people in preparation for the coming of our Messiah. But hold on, before you get a picture of John washing people's hair or scrubbing behind people's ears, he was using water to wash their sins away. You see, the invitation that John gave was for people to repent and to be 
baptized. That is to turn away from and confess their sinful thoughts, words, and their actions. And have those same thoughts, words, and actions washed away by water. So the people would be holy, righteous for the coming of the Messiah. And this washing with water, it continued in old biblical tradition. Where there were two ways to wash or cleanse or purify something in order to make it pure for God's holy purposes. Now, the first method of cleansing was passing it through fire. But if it was going to burn in the fire, then the alternate way of washing was with water. It was to be used this way to purify, to cleanse. Now, it makes sense that since us humans don't seem to do so well in fire, that the obvious way for us to be washed and to be purified is this washing, this cleansing through water. Therefore, John was following God's instructions to wash the people of their sins with water. You see, it was a spiritual washing using these physical means of water used together with the teaching and the promises of God's word. So this picture that we have here is John reminding people of their sins and urging them to repent. And in doing this, in repenting, he calls them to be baptized so they could be clean and holy for when the coming one arrives, who will take away the sins of the whole world. But then the very next person to step forward to be baptized is none other than Jesus himself. Now, remember, John and Jesus, they're cousins, they're related. John, he knows all about Jesus. And when pregnant Mary with Jesus in her womb met the pregnant Elizabeth who had John in her womb, the baby John leapt inside of her. John knew Jesus to be this Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And here he stands in front of John to be baptized. John's confused. He's puzzled. You see, this baptism was for those who have sinned. For those who repent of their sins. For those who need to be washed of their sin. But Jesus, he's not a sinner. He had nothing to confess. He has no sinful thoughts, no sinful words, nor actions. And although he is fully human and so like us in every way, the only difference is that Jesus wasn't born with the blemish of sin that infects each and everything that we do. 
So what's John to do? This baptism was of repentance, but Jesus doesn't need to repent because he hasn't had anything to repent of. And even though John had refused to baptize the self-righteous Pharisees who didn't think that they needed to even repent, here in front of him stands the only one who truly has nothing to repent of. And John, he realizes that Jesus doesn't need to be baptized because, well, he's already clean, pure, and holy. He's already been set aside for God's holy purposes. He's already bearing the fruit in keeping with repentance because he was already bearing the righteous fruit. So in fact, if anything, John is the one who needs to be baptized by Jesus. And he tells him just that. But Jesus, he says, he says to leave it this way for now. He says it's fitting and right that he be baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill the scriptures, to make everything right and to fulfill the will of God right here in the waters of baptism. So there in the Jordan, Jesus fully identified with us sinners. And in those very waters, he began his ministry of taking the sin of the world upon himself so that his sacrificial death on the cross would pay the full penalty of our sins in it. How does this happen? Well, remember, like I said previously, water makes dirty things clean and clean things dirty. Therefore, if these baptismal waters were washing away the sins of all of these sinners to make them clean and holy, what would you expect to happen when the purely holy one is placed in that very same water? Well, it's there when Jesus was baptized that the great exchange took place. In baptism, you are washed of your sins and those sins, they're taken on by Jesus. The sinful people like you and like me become pure. We become clean and holy while the pure, clean and holy one of God becomes the bearer of all of our sins. But you might ask the question or even argue that, well, you weren't baptized in the Jordan River that same place where Jesus was baptized. So how can baptizing using ordinary tap water in this font work in that same way? Well, remember, it's not just the water which does this great and mysterious exchange, but it's the water used together with the word of God, his promise and our faith 
which trusts that word of God when it's used in this very way. In this way, every baptism which uses water together with the word of God, which is received through faith, is now part of this great exchange of sin. Faith trusts what God promises in the action of baptismal washing. Here in baptism, our sins, they are washed away because Jesus takes on all of our sins of thought, word, and deed, and he receives the punishment that we deserve for them on the cross. And therefore, although Jesus stands sinless before John the baptizer, and so didn't need to even be baptized, it was through his baptism for the sake of all righteousness where Jesus becomes the greatest sinner of all. Not because he was a sinner himself, no, but because he bore the sins of the whole world, including yours and mine. So here he takes his place, being baptized among sinners, and he will take his place and die between sinners on the cross. Here, God comes down to us to make things right and good through the work of Jesus Christ, which begins here at his baptism. And he continues to enact this cleansing work among us as we're reminded in our own baptism. When we speak his holy name at the beginning of each and every worship, when we repent of our sins, and hear his gracious and undeserving words of atonement and forgiveness. And when he welcomes us at his holy banqueting table as forgiven and holy people of God through our faith. Here we celebrate the fact of God's goodness, his love and his mercy and his righteousness. We celebrate the fact that all of that is so much greater than our own capacity to sin. But there's more. You see, something else happens which changes John's baptism of repentance into something new. We hear the heavens open and the Holy Spirit, it comes down from the newly opened heavens to rest on Jesus in this form of this beautiful white dove. And here is when the Holy Spirit came down and it rested on Jesus, reaffirming that he is the loved, chosen and well-approved servant and son of God. And he is now the font. He is the font of the Holy Spirit, which means that we can come to the incarnate Jesus Christ to receive his spirit so that we may live a life of righteousness. And we do this so that with the Holy Spirit's help, we are able to do the good and the perfect in the sanctified will and work 
of our God. And at this same time, the voice of God the Father who completes this holy trinity miraculously present at this world changing baptismal event. He declares this Jesus to be his priceless son with whom he is well pleased. Amazingly, much of this very same sentiment is conveyed to each and every one of us in our own baptism. As he adopts us as his holy and dearly loved children, speaking his words of love and pleasure over us as we fulfill his will, his holy will and command that we would be baptized and continually learn from his words and ways on how to live as his holy children. So here, dear saints, when Jesus was baptized, baptism itself, well, it was changed. It's no longer this simple washing, but it is a means of the Holy Spirit, which brings about the forgiveness of sins. It redeems from death and the devil, and it gives eternal salvation to all who believe in it as the word and the promise that God has declared. And for this reason, we can rejoice and we can thank God for all of these gifts that we receive from our baptism into Christ Jesus so that we can say, or maybe even sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For his washing tells me so. Baptized ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves you. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, who has made us right before God through baptism. Amen.